Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the 50th episode of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. I cannot believe that we have reached 50 full episodes of this podcast. And before we jump into today's topic, I want to tell you all who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time here, I am so excited that you found me. Each week, thousands of you listen in. Many of you have messaged, you've left reviews, and it's truly just a magical thing to be able to stream through into your ear holes each week to support you through your teacher burnout journey. I'm going to try not to cry because this is a huge milestone for us, but I truly believe that each and every one of you who are listening are a testament to the resilience of teachers everywhere. And I appreciate you so much, not just because this is airing during teacher appreciation, but because I truly Just appreciate the work that you do every day in your classrooms and the effort that you're putting into investing in yourself by listening in each week. In today's episode, we are diving into a topic that affects many educators, teacher burnout, duh, right? That's what we do here. But we're going to really be focusing on prioritizing your mental health in a way that a lot of teachers are really scared to do. I know that I was, but that's therapy. I can remember when I first walked into a therapist's office for the very first time, and I was terrified. I didn't know really what to expect, and if you're tinkering with the idea that it might be time to get some professional help, I want to help you feel more at ease and prepared for the types of therapy there are, what a therapy session looks like, and how to choose a therapist that's right for you. That's why today I'm interviewing Claire Welsh, who is a former teacher turned cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist, and she's a mindfulness coach. Not only is she a therapist, but she knows firsthand the full experience of teacher burnout. Claire originally taught in the UK, which you'll notice immediately from her accent, but she also taught in the Middle East as well. And if you think teacher burnout, job creep, and compassion fatigue are just an American thing, it's totally not, and we chat about that as well. You'll hear as she shares her personal journey through burnout, how she transitioned into being a therapist, and how therapy can really benefit teachers in their burnout recovery. I truly believe that therapy is what changed my whole life and really led me to finding my purpose here on the podcast with you guys and reigniting my passion for teaching. So that's why we're talking about it today. So let's not waste any time. Let's go meet Claire. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, 
and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Hey, Claire, it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast with me today. It's really lovely uh, to be here. Thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, of course. I already gave your official introduction, but I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit to about your teaching experience, where you're from, how you help teachers now. Yep. So um, you might be able to hear from my accent. I'm from England. I'm from the UK. Um, I was a teacher for over 20 years. I started in the UK and um, I was an early years teacher, although I didn't actually aim to be an early years teacher. <laughs> um, it just sort of uh, happened, really. And once I was there, I thought, oh, gosh, I don't really know what I'm doing, actually. So I ended up doing an MA in early years and really, really loved it. You know, loved teaching to begin with, like all of us, you know, started out with lots of hopes and dreams and wanting to change things for children. And that was wonderful. Um, but um, I know things are different in different countries, but certainly in the UK, there's a lot of scrutiny goes on. There's a lot of pressure. And over the years, um, I just decided that um, I wanted to try something different with teaching. My family had gone abroad and taught, um, taught abroad. So I ended up going to teach in the Middle East. Um, so I taught there for about nine years. Uh, that was really exciting. Um, and, uh, and then I was there till about... Yes, 2020. So 2020 was when I ended up resigning and then retraining to be a therapist. Oh, wow. So just kind of speaking on, I think a lot of the teachers that listen in are either from the United States or they're in North America area. So what I'm hearing you say is that there's a lot of pressure for teachers, not just in America, but in the UK, in the Middle East as well. Is that true? Yeah, I think that um, in the UK especially, there's an awful lot of scrutiny. And um, what I found as well was you have your teaching wage. And then on top of that, you're expected to take on lots of extra responsibilities that are unpaid. And I was in a very small school. So I had this coordinator job, PE coordinator. Then can you manage science? Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, I became a mentor as well, which was really good because I then was offered a position to be an NQT coordinator in when I was in the Middle East, and that's a newly qualified teacher um, coordinator. So I coordinated that program in the mi Middle East. But, um, you know, as teachers, all we teachers know, there's so much more than just a nine to three job. There's so much more that goes on than just teaching your own class. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. I think that I think from looking at what happens in America, there's lots of things that happen in the UK that are similar as well. I think that's really good for teachers to hear because I think we think it's just an American problem or it's just a Canadian problem or it's just a UK problem. It's a teaching problem. And so I, I think that your experience just talking about that will kind of validate, you know, 
that it's teachers across the world who are not respected enough or expected to do all of these various things that aren't part of our job description, but we do it anyways because it's for the kids, mm. you know? Mm. Um, and I know yeah, you yeah. have a very unique story about your experience with burnout. And I always ask this question when I'm talking with guests because I think it's very transformative for the listeners to hear other educators' experience. So can you share your story about burnout? Yeah, so like I said, I was a teacher for over 20 years, but I would say probably three years prior to me actually resigning, that's when things started to get really tricky for me because I had family issues. Now, I'm an only child, so I was in the Middle East. I had my mum in Gran Canaria in the um, in, uh, sort of Spanish islands, and my dad was in the UK, and they both got on well at the same time. So they were both ill at the same time. And so I had to basically, each teaching holiday, I had to pick which one to go and visit and try and help. So mm -hmm. then on top of my teaching stress, I then had family issues um, and stress on top of that as well. So um, December 2019, I was, um, I'd had this sort of strange growth on my arm. And so I went to get it checked out and it turned out to be cancer. Oh, and I was just shocked and horrified and stunned because we've got no cancer in our family. You know, I eat well, I was exercising. But the thing is, Brittany, I knew straight away, I did deep down, I thought, it's that stress. It's I, all of a sudden, it came to me, I, it, I really took a good look at myself. And I knew it was the stress that I'd been under for years and years and years, and it had built up. Um, it was a real sink or swim moment, you know, and you don't always know when you've got something really awful that happens, what you're going to do. Um, but fortunately, I had reserves that I didn't know that I had. And I decided that was it. I was going to put myself first. I was going to change my life. And that really was the start of me committing to myself for the first time for years. So, um, yeah, so that and that started me on my path to which ended up me um retraining to be a hypnotherapist. Um, I'm happy and healthy now. So, you know, no, no worries on that score. So yeah, that's what happened to me, unfortunately. Oh, wow. And I've, you know, we often don't realize how our body manifests a lot of the stress that we're experiencing. Like for me recently, I've lost 65 pounds. Um, and I did not realize that weight was so heavily influenced by stress. Like if we're not releasing stress from our bodies or doing mm. somatic healing and things like that, mm. it can get stuck. Mm. And it's mm. crazy to me that making these small little changes or even just recognizing, hey, I'm, I might be addicted to stress and I'm putting myself in stressful situations mm. that I don't really need to, um, then yeah. it's just accumulating within my body and you can see it on the physical. Um, so it's just, it's crazy to me what stress can do to our bodies. Um, you mentioned becoming trained as a hypnotherapist. And I know that some teachers might be familiar with this term and others are like, what in the world is hypnotherapy? <laughs> can you kind of explain <laughs> a little bit about what that is and how it works? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So my training is in cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy, because there's different types. Mm -hmm. So I like to say there's sort of three parts to that. So there's like the hypnosis part in the training. Um, it can feel magical, but it's not. It's science based. It's got CBT aspects to it. Um, 
And then there was a lovely mindfulness part, like an ancient part, ancient roots to the training as well. And then there was breath work. So those three things combined were just absolutely amazing. Um, the hypnosis part, it's not scary. It's not woo woo. It's a bit like it's that sort of state, you know, when you sort of wake up in the morning and you're just starting to wake up, it's like that relaxed, um, but very sort of alert state as well. So like if you sort of daydreaming or if you're engrossed in a book and when you're in that sort of state, that's the ideal state to change your thoughts and feelings and behaviors when you're in that state. So, yeah, it's it's really powerful. It's really amazing. So it's not scary at all. Um, yeah, that's that's basically yeah. what it is. So I, I read I read a lot of books. I read from here and there, and I just combine them together. So is that theta waves that you're talking about? Yeah, we didn't go into the brain waves, but I've certainly looked into that. And there's different levels of brain waves. And I think that is the state. There's beta, alpha, beta, gamma. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's not that the hypnotherapy I was taught in, it's not a deep trance state. So you you remember everything afterwards. And it's really important because quite often I want to talk to you about, um, say, for example, I, I have helped people with pain. So mm-hmm. I might want them to rate their pain and tell me, where, what is your pain level now? And then do we'll do some work. And I say, OK, can you rate your pain now or rate your anxiety level? So it's really important we have communication all the way through. So you're you're very relaxed. You're very alert. Um, but it's you're you're just um able then to you know we're able to work together because if you can't remember what happens afterwards and I do know people that have had hypnotherapy and they can't remember what's happened afterwards and it's helped them but then they don't know what to do themselves so it's really very much about empowering the person that I work with yeah yeah so I went through EMDR therapy um for for trauma and um it that's kind of what it sounds like a little bit I had to hold these little eggs in my hand and they would go back and forth and back and forth. And I would have to be in a calm state that where I could actually remember things and bring things up in my mind. So it sounds very similar to that. Um, and that afterwards it's still on the person to take the action. Um, you're, you're giving that person the opportunity to really go through or process things and then, take action afterwards. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. What you're looking to do is you're looking to change those thoughts, feelings and behaviors in that state and change them. And then, and I'm saying behaviors because there's an understanding that something's going to happen afterwards. And it, mm-hmm. it's mainly down to just starting to put yourself first, you know, um, actually commit to yourself, decide you're going to spend some time every day on yourself, Um, there's things that we can do as well called behavior experiments. So sometimes teachers will go in and they'll practice doing different things. Maybe there's a confidence issue. They might go in and and practice something to do with that. So it is very much, it's, um, there's a real practical thing going on as well as the sorting out the inner world. It's very important that teachers take action. Yeah. Yes. So in terms of teachers who are experiencing that burnout, that compassion fatigue, all those not so fabulous benefits that we receive as teachers. How is hypnotherapy effective in supporting burnout recovery? Um, well, like you say, um, and certainly with me and what I've noticed with other teachers, it, you know, things can start with this having a bad day and then that bad day becomes, uh, you know, practically every day. And um, 
So what you might notice is that you've got some uh, exhaustion going on. You've got this detachment from your job, like you're saying. You might be noticing there's a difference uh, in your performance levels. You just can't. It's difficult to um, do the work that you used to do. And with hypnotherapy, because we're looking at the um, thoughts, and thoughts, feelings and behaviours that are going on, also there's um, usually underlying core beliefs that we then start to look at. So things like fear of, fear, fear of failure, which I really had, you know, this huge fear of making a mistake, this sort of environment like te judged all the time on how good you are. If that's one of your core beliefs and, 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 you know, like not feeling good enough, all those sorts of things. So when they're all going on, they tend to drive teachers into, you know, working longer, working harder or well, you know about the stress cycle or you end up mm -hmm. freezing, procrastinating. You don't know what to do. You, you're pushed into overwhelm. So it's really hypnotherapy is all really going to help you with that inner world, you know, get, really get to what those core beliefs are. Look at where did they come from and start to really, really unpick them and then start to work on new positive thoughts, feelings and behaviors. Like you say, it's the action that's really important as well. Yes. Oh, gosh. So walk me through this. OK, a teacher decides, yes, they want to try this method. They want to support their well-being. What does a session of hypnotherapy look like for this teacher? Well, I always start off with a brief chat. Um, it's really important that you tell me what your issues are. Uh, make sure that I can help. Um, make sure I feel like that we're a good match. Um, and then if that seems to be going well, we can book our first session. And in that session, um, it's really important that it's a confidential assessment session so I can really work out what's going on for you. Again, with uh, I have to say there have been some clients that I've had where I do think, actually, I can't help here and I will refer on. That's what we do as therapists. You have to make sure that it's right for me to work with you. And then we'll really get into what's going on behind this issues. You know, like I said, looking at the thoughts, feelings, the behavior that's going on. It's often called a vicious cycle. <laughs> because it feels very stressful for you and so yeah. we're going to look at um that we, that we work out okay so how would you like your day to go what would your ideal day look like as so we work out the positive cycle and those small steps to get you there some positive goals um and then there's usually some sort of skills training aspect to the session so um you know, like I said, there might be some mindfulness because that's in my training. So there might be some mindfulness training. There might be some breath work training. And there's usually um, a little hypnosis session. And then I record it and based on your goals and your individual needs. And then I can send that to you to listen to. Um, and that often is part of a morning routine. Well, I, I don't know about what you do, Brittany, but I just found the thing that really turned things around for me was my morning routine because I'd wake up and the first thing I would think about was, ah! you know your teaching day or you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and run through your day so um <clears throat> that's where these little um visualization exercises really powerful ones based on your um your your goals i record those for you and we change them every week to make sure that they fit with what's good for you and um i actually started out doing that for myself i listened to my own audios and actually the journey that i wanted to say the journey that you're on is for you to become your own therapist I don't want you to become dependent on me. I'm teaching you all the skills that I learned, you know. Um, yeah. And at some point, you know, I'd love you to be able to do your own audios. I can teach you how to do that. So starting your morning routine with something really powerful, really positive. Um, I mean, I had to do that to get myself out of bed because that's how bad it was for me. You know, I just didn't want to get up and go to work. Um, 
And then, then once you, that lifts your mood. So once you can lift your mood and you take that into work with you, that's when um, the world around you starts to change because that affects how you're teaching the children. The atmosphere is more positive. Um, Colleagues started to notice. Um, All the things I was learning, I just talked to all my teacher friends. I was like, come, come, come here, come here. Let me just teach you. Um, That's how I feel. Yeah. You, you can't you get so excited because once you realize actually you can do something about the stress that you have, it is amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I love what you said about you don't you don't want them to become like a client. You don't want them to become dependent on you because I yeah. think that's something that so many teachers struggle with the idea of therapy. They're like, well, then I'll have to go to this person forever. And they're just going to be this person that's listening to me talk. And yes, there is, you know, talk therapy. But a lot of times what happens is you may go through cycles where you need a little extra help. But the whole idea Mm. of therapy is really to start to recognize these patterns and behaviors that over time you can kind of work your work out yourself. The therapist is there to yeah. help support you in your ability to do that. Um, but you don't often need to go forever and ever, amen, and be dependent oh, no. on a therapist. No. So I love that you even mentioned that because I know that that's something that teachers or people in general often struggle with that idea of therapy, that they'll need it forever and have to go every week for the rest of their lives. And that's just that's not the case. Yeah. So that's, I love that you brought that up. Um, so what are some main burnout symptoms or experiences that teachers may have like imposter syndrome, overworking, that sort of thing that you see? And can you provide any like examples of cases where hypnotherapy has been particularly effective in reducing those symptoms? Yes. I mean, all those things you talked about, definitely the things that teachers will come to me with. And like I said before, there's core beliefs going on behind there. And it's interesting you mentioned imposter syndrome, actually, because very early on, I had a case study and the the teacher herself started talking about it. I'm like, oh, I thought I'd heard about it, but I wasn't quite sure. Anyway, when I looked into it, I thought, oh, I think I've had this. Um, so basically, uh, I don't know what your take on is, but what, from what and I've looked at the research, it's all about this chronic self-doubt, um, feeling like you don't belong. And certainly for me, I got promoted and that's when it really kicked in, um, mm-hmm. was that this really comparison with other people. And I mean, that can happen at any point in your career, um, any workplace right. in, in teaching. But as soon as you start comparing yourself, if you've got the, those core beliefs running that I don't actually feel good enough, um, then that can start to be, uh, well, it can get to the point where in one case that the client was so terrified she was that she was going to be fired. That's how bad it can get. You know, if you don't know how to calm yourself down, then your fears just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And it becomes this huge ball of, of anxiety. And then, well, you know, when you're in a stress state, any little thing is then just catastrophized. So exactly. you immediately you're going to worst case, worst case scenario. So it's really important to be able to rationalize those thoughts and ask yourself, where's the evidence for this? Where's the evidence that I'm no good? You know what I mean? And once you start to do that and you do that work and a therapist can help you to get there. Um, yeah, that is it's it is really, really life changing. But like you said, it doesn't go on forever. Um, and uh, it's something that those changes can start to happen quite quickly. Um, it's all about awareness. Like you said, all about awareness and insight. 
And teachers especially are very motivated to learn. So they're brilliant to work with because they're, they're you know, it's quite dynamic, my process, because I am a teacher. So there's lots of back and forth and, you know, trying things out. And, and what do you think? So it's, it's not passive at all. Wow. Wow. And I, I know that there's a lot of teachers who will come and say, well, like, how long is it going to take for me to get out of burnout? And it's such a unique experience for each person, mm. their unique core beliefs, like you talked about, and their unique struggles, all of those things. And, and I know teachers are wondering, like, well, how long does it typically take for someone to see improvement in their burnout symptoms through hypnotherapy? Well, from people that I've worked with, with teachers and clients that I've worked with, um, you definitely um, should be noticing real change, real improvements from sessions four to six. Um, but also what I've noticed, though, Brittany, is in even in the first session, a, a lot of teachers will say to me, uh, especially because I'm a teacher, so I understand where they're coming from, just telling somebody, because often you keep it to yourself, you want to be professional, mm -hmm. you don't want to say anything, maybe not even your family, you haven't said how bad you're feeling. So just that unburdening yourself and telling somebody and and who really listens to you and who really cares, even quite often at the end of that first session, teachers will say to me, gosh, I feel such relief and, and a sense of hope because someone's saying to you, I've been there, I've gone through it, I can help you. And, and so that sort of that hope for change is really important. And also that motivation, like I said, to want to do things in between sessions, that's going to very much speed things along. So, like I said, having a daily routine, well, you know, this, so bookending your day. So starting well, finishing well. Um, and, and also, it's not just about that. It's about your whole life, you know, looking at other aspects of your life. You know, teaching is not just your life. You need to try and have a life outside of teaching, having that balance. Um, yeah. But I do find certainly for me, it was I had a lot of big fears and anxieties to shift. So um, I would say that for uh, for some cases, it is going to need a longer program. Look, you're looking at more like 12 weeks. But it, it, like you say, it varies from case to case. Yes. And I love that you but said it's not, that. It's, about... not, it's not yet. Sorry. It's not it's not years. It's not years. I've got therapist friends. I've got, you know, work in different countries. And I know America people go to therapists a lot. Um, yeah. And I've got like a, a therapist friend in Finland and she's got clients that have been going to her for like a year, a couple of years. And like my longest program is like 12 weeks. So, yeah. you know, it, the hypnotherapy aspect really does speed up the whole uh, the whole process. Yes, because of because of how it's using your brain and and when yeah. your brain is most receptive to that information. So I I think that's super powerful. Um, yeah, because you're talking about neuroplasticity as well, aren't you? You're talking yes. about you know the firing and wiring new positive pathways in the brain. Yes, and I've got a feeling you've looked into that. So yeah, I'm very interested in that as well. It is just amazing what you can do if you can change your inner world. It is amazing what you can do. You mentioned that about how people often, it's not not just teaching. It can be from other walks of their life, other pieces of their life. And I think so often we, because we're teachers, because we struggle with these ideas about teaching, we think it's only related to teaching. But oftentimes mm. what I find with teachers that I talk to, teachers that I work with, they will say things like, well, this is going on outside of my life and this is going on outside of my life, but somehow they're still mm. relating it to teaching. And I think mm. that more times that we talk about how our core beliefs are changing the facets of 
everything, not just our teaching. Mm. We just may feel it more in teaching um, mm. that mm. that can be really powerful in talking about. And I just love that you brought that up because that was a piece that was really affecting me. It wasn't just teaching that was burning me out. It was things, mm. beliefs about myself or beliefs mm. about what was going on in the world around me that really caused mm. me to recognize it just in teaching. And then it just kind of snowballed from there and I changed everything. <laughs> so oh, I, I that sounds amazing. Oh, thank you. And because you're, you're currently teaching, are you, Brittany? I am. I am still a teacher. I've been teaching for Hats 11 up years. To you. Oh. <laughs> thank Good you. Good luck with it all. Yes. And so I know a lot of educators are going to be looking into hypnotherapy, but can you guide us through like one strategy, one exercise that can really bring that quick win to those educators listening to our talk today? Well, you might be surprised, but actually what I found that's really helped me as soon as I learned it, um, those various hypnotherapy things that you can do. But actually, my favorite one is breath work. Have you heard of belly breathing? Yes. Yes. You must have heard of belly breathing. Yes. I'm sorry, but that is my go-to. Yeah. My belly breathing is my go-to because when you're a busy teacher, you haven't got time sometimes and uh, to go off and listen to your little, you know, hypnosis audio, or maybe if your your mind's really frazzled, you you just you, you can't always calm it enough to do this. But breathing is really amazing. As you know, you're going to be oxygenating the body when you're doing your breath work, but also you're stabilizing your blood pressure, you know, you're calming your body down and you calm your brain down and then you can start to think. But also what's really good about belly breathing is you can do it with the children. It's really fun. So you can legitimately calm yourself down <laughs> and the children at the same time. So um, if you're doing it with children, um, you can call it balloon breathing um, because then they get the idea of when you're breathing in, your belly comes out, which feels like the opposite thing because we're all trying to suck our tummies in. And then when mm -hmm. you're breathing out, you pull that, you pull your belly in. Um, so do you want to do it now? Or yes. Do you want to do it or yes. Mm -hmm. I might have to stand up. Okay. It's really funny because when I've taught this, <laughs> when I've taught this to clients, some of them they really don't get it, and I've had to. In fact, I did a little video on Instagram just because of that. So, look, this is this is what I mean. This is what I mean. So, um, yeah. yeah. If you, I don't know whether it's going to work. Whether you can see this because, as you can see, I haven't trialed this at all. But just so people <laughs> understand what I'm talking about, is um, so if you put your hand on your chest, because you don't want your chest hand to move, it's your belly you're going to move. And then when you breathe in, I don't know if you can see, my belly goes out. And when I breathe out, my belly comes in. Yes. And you're pushing oxygen up into the body. And that deep breathing is really going to help calm your nervous system down. And um there's all sorts of breathwork exercises that you can do. There's box breathing, bagel toning, but belly breathing is something that I find is the quickest, my quickest go-to to calm my body down. Then I can access my mind and then I can start uh, problem solving my way through. So, yes, I love it. I love it. Okay. My friend, Dr. Um, Katie Raher, she's actually going to be on the podcast as well. And she, something with breath work, um, she's really focused okay. on, she got training in it. Um, and so Amazing. she's going to come on the show because I did a breath work session with her and she's fantastic. She's fantastic. Um, but I, I love that. That's that quick win. It's something we're already, we're already breathing anyways. Might as yeah. well just, you know, <laughs> just be more intentional <laughs> about it. And yeah. I just, I Absolutely. love that. 
And because I know so many educators who think, well, therapy sounds scary, or I don't have a therapist near me, or I don't really know where to find a therapist who does hypnotherapy. Do you have any advice for those teachers, words of wisdom, things that you can offer them to to kind of guide them? What I would say is that therapists are just human beings. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, there's us two talking here. We're just human beings and we're all different. And so it's really important that there's a good match between client and therapist. So my first and most important tip is don't just go with the first ther- therapist that you talk to. Make sure you feel like you've got good rapport going on. Um, I mean, I've got a business coach and I talked to loads of coaches before I decided on the one that I had. So really, you know, um, and your gut feeling, your intuition and how good you're feeling about the therapist. I would say that's the absolute number one thing, because that working alliance is really important. But um, with regard to credentials, they're different in different countries and how you search as well. But certainly in the UK, we have registers. So like I've got um, registered to an accredited organization, but I am. So you can ask the therapist, are you registered? Are you insured? Because if they're registered, that means they've got a code of ethical conduct that they need to adhere to. So that's really helpful to look for that. But the rules and regulations regarding hypnotherapy certainly quite different in different countries. Um, Yeah. So um, I can't advise specifically, but definitely going with your gut recommendation if anybody else um, has said that they found somebody helpful. Um, But yeah, number one really is 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 trusting yourself and and going with your gut. And it's not scary. Like I say, therapists are just human like everyone else. Yes. And so you need to like speed date some some therapists. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. Yes. And so I really think that a lot of teachers, just whoever's listening right now, may have just needed that reminder today that they're not alone in their feelings about burnout. They're probably learned a ton about the different types of therapies they've, you know, never heard of before. CBT, hypnotherapy, all of those things. They've just now heard some buzzwords that have got them thinking. So do you have any resources that would help teachers or can you share where teachers can learn more from you and like about you? Yeah, well, I'm mainly now uh, really um, most of my work is on Instagram. So if you look for me on Instagram, I'm on Instagram. And that's why I put self with Claire's just so it sort of makes it a bit clearer. So if you look for me on Instagram, um, I've got quite a lot of content on there. And then if you want to know any more, just do reach out for me and then I can uh, chat with you. But also I have got freebies that I can send to you. So that's really the best place uh, to find me. I've also got a website, again, the selfandwithclaire.com, selfandwithclaire on Facebook. So, yeah, that's the first point of call, really. Awesome. So I will put those links in the show notes for anybody who's listening that wants to learn more and wants to get to know you. I'll put those in the show notes for them. Thank you so much, Claire, for just chatting with me today. It was really fun. I could listen to you talk for hours. And I know that every American says that. (laughs) But you're just you've really made this conversation so powerful and just really informative without, you know, all the crazy language or anything like that. It's just made it really easy for people to listen to. Yeah, that's the main thing is to um, really try to make it accessible, you know, not give people loads of jargon. So um, yeah, the best of luck with everybody, all your teachers out there sending you lots of big, big hugs. I think you're all amazing. Um, I still know lots of teachers and, you know, you can make it through this. You know, if you're listening to people like Brittany and myself, you know, learn to look after yourself. Look, you know, look out for those signs. And remember, you are more than just a teacher. 
Yes, yes. Awesome. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tap me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.